It's Thursday, and you know what that means. It's Michigan Mailbag Day. Locked on Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And we have no time to waste. Uh, We have an insane amount of questions today. So we are going to just get to it. I got to try to get it in under a half hour. So I'm sorry if I don't spend as much time on your question. But uh, we've got a ton. So uh, we're going to go to it. Starting with our leaders and best, James Crudup. At James Crudup 6, three things that really impressed you after week one. Three things you really want to see cleaned up after week one. Uh, think three things that really impressed me, um, obviously just the offense in general, no, it, it wasn't like a perfect scenario. We didn't see it like a, you know, a well-oiled machine quite yet, but the offensive creativity, if you rewatch what they were doing in that game, it's kind of insane. Something I was talking to Nick Baumgartner about, uh, on Wednesday is just how, like and he he mentioned this like last year Michigan uh would usually have a lot of two man routes with the intent of getting the ball to one guy and if so if that guy wasn't open then your play was done four man routes at all times different levels it's it, pick your poison you know there's just so much creativity and i think that that's really really good and that and it it will work really well if my number two thing that impressed me happens to work out and that's the defensive line. Uh sorry, offensive line. Offensive line. Offensive line played great. Uh picking up kind of right where they left off, which is what I was hoping, especially with Ryan Hayes and Jalen Mayfield. No, it wasn't hundred percent perfect. Gave up a couple sacks as well. Uh I should just say the protection in general because the running backs deserve to be in there. As Jim Harbaugh said, uh perfect uh in pass blocking. Although there was the one that uh, I don't know maybe it wasn't his call. But I know there was the one play where uh, Hassan Haskins uh, didn't get his hands on a guy, but it might not have been his call, right? So it's uh, I, I was really impressed with the protections, and I know it's Middle Tennessee State, but Middle Tennessee's known for being able to bring pressure. That's what they were known for going in. That was the thing that they do best, pressure. A lot of exotic blitzes, a lot of different things. Michigan picked them all up. doesn't really matter your level of uh, of athlete sometimes uh, as much as recognizing the scheme of it all, and that's what Michigan did. Uh, third thing, we probably should go defense on one of them. Uh, so I will say the, the secondary not missing much of a beat. Yeah, they completed some passes. They went really fast, which I guess has been, you know, kind of what we've seen some of these other teams do. It was a lot different than uh, what uh, – what uh, Ohio State did, of course, but they went really fast, seemingly on the perimeter, but it was really good to see both Ambry Thomas come back and play this early, see Vincent Gray hold his own. Some things to to really clean up once everything is said and done, but it was a good first showing. Uh, 14 of those 21 points that were given up were extremely short fields uh, due to turnovers. So, I mean, ultimately, you, you, you take that, those away, Michigan probably has an over going into that last drive with two minutes left. So really, really, really impressed by the defense in that light. Three things I want to see cleaned up, obviously ball security, um, whether it was the handful, it wasn't as bad as people make it out to be, but the handful of the mesh points, not uh, the, the, the handoffs, not going, obviously all the fumbles, but from Shea's first one to, to uh, Dylan McCaffrey's fumble out of bounds, the muffed punts, 
Michigan can't win games if they turn the ball over like that. They just can't. So they have to be more disciplined in that front. Uh, interior defensive line, I know they were very short-staffed. Mike Dwumfor went out after the first series, uh, so they were pretty reliant on uh, – and, you know, John Vajir didn't play at all. So they were pretty reliant on Ben Mason and Carlo Kemp to get the job done uh, and the interior unless they went with the NASCAR package with the four defensive ends. Uh, which I don't know if they'll be able to do this week because they're going to have to stay way more disciplined uh, in a lot of ways, doing things a little bit differently for the triple option that Army brings. But really want to see them, that interior pass rush coalesce. Seemed like it got close a couple times, but a lot of times it was more the exterior guys that got close and didn't quite get there. Uh, Let's see, third one. Um, Obviously just the drops, wide receiver drops. Nico Collins had his first ever drop. Uh, I saw that uh, it was Emgo Fish said that, Garrett Fishaw. I had said that it was the first drop he's had in over a year, because I swore he had one in his freshman year. But uh, against, uh, I guess it wasn't a drop. Like in the Outback Bowl, he just kind of didn't go out for the ball uh, when he I thought he could have in, uh, when Michigan was trying to come back in that game. But I think that uh, you get those wide receiver drops, or you know they get the ones that are close, some of those things. Shea, for the most part, put the ball where he was supposed to. There were a couple where it seemed like the touchdown passes were were underthrown or thrown late, but a lot of the drops were mostly pretty well-thrown balls, maybe just a little bit off target, but thrown really to where only the receiver could get it. So they really need to figure out how to do that. But it was the first game, pretty good showing, I thought, overall. Score doesn't really reflect the uh, how everything ended up going in the end. Josh Barr at Jadicky. Are you surprised Dax didn't get in the game? And when do you think he starts getting meaningful reps in the secondary? Bonus basketball questions. Are going to get visits from some high-profile basketball players? Think the change in recruiting philosophy will pay off? If so, when? Uh, no, I'm not surprised Dax didn't get in the game at safety. He obviously did on special teams. He downed that one punt in within the five. That was an excellent play by him. Uh, showed off his speed on that play. Uh, but uh, I think I'm not surprised at all because, I mean, you've got two three-year guys in Brad Hawkins and Jameric Woods. And like I've said, and for some reason some people disagree with me, that's what you want is to have those guys that are older that have been in the program for a little bit longer to be the better guy. I've been saying that for years, right? You want your older, your upperclassmen to beat out your, you know, your underclassmen, your true freshmen, no matter how talented those freshmen are. Because that means – that they have earned, they finally, like, the lights are clicking on. They've learned, you know, what they need to learn, that they're out there to, and they're reliable. Uh, I think it's, uh, it might be a little while before he starts getting meaningful reps in the secondary. I think they'll start trying to work him in. I'm guessing probably, uh, if I was just to shoot my shot, I'd say Rutgers game. Uh, they'll, they'll probably start to work him in, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, some other games they, you know, if he makes an appearance here and there. But I think you want to... You know, they, they had to go through the bridge program, which means doing classes while doing fall camp. The other players don't have to do that. And uh, it's first college experience. So you got to kind of some of these guys are going to come along slowly. Some of them obviously don't. And uh, some of the, the early enrollees don't count because they don't have to go through the bridge program like the others, I don't believe. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, I think that's uh, just be patient with Dax. He'll it'll pay off. But you look at teams like Alabama, Clemson, they're not necessarily – yeah, they do play some true freshmen, but they don't rely on them. Just because you get a five-star doesn't mean 
you rely on them with, I, I know I've long said about, you know, I, I look at a five-star, like an NFL draft pick in the first round, but you know, when, when your program's got depth, you don't need them. That's good. Uh, basketball. Yeah. They, I think uh, it will eventually pay off and I think it will pay off this year. I think you'll get, I, I have no inside knowledge here, but I think I would imagine out of all these five stars, you got a bunch that are visiting. I know Jaden Springer just visited. I think one of them will commit at some point. I think Michigan will get one of those five stars and I think it will pay off immediately. And I think you'll start seeing more like Juwan Howard was like a rock star in a way that I've never seen another coach on the sideline. When he walked through, it was, he got more attention than like anyone else that I've seen probably even more than Chris Weber last year at the Penn state game. So I think it's going to pay off because Juwan is a rock star. And I think it's, uh, I think he'll get one for this next class and it will just continue to snowball from there. Uh, how effective it will be on the court. That remains to be seen. My brother in metal, Michael Wolf at M Wolf 21. Did the defense seem faster to you? Uh, I couldn't really tell because uh, Asher O'Hare had such a quick release. They, they prioritized getting the ball out as fast as possible. So I thought it was really hard to tell. Uh, how fast it was. Plus my vantage point sucks. Um, and I only really pretty much rewatched the, the offensive snaps, not much of the defensive snaps that'll change this next week. I just forgot to DVR it. So the only thing I could find was kind of some offensive, uh, snap replay on YouTube when I decided to watch, but, uh, the, uh, the defense, it seemed fast. I don't know about faster. It didn't have that wow factor that the defense had against Florida, but I don't know how much faster this defense can get. Right, like it can get faster, I guess, but I don't know how much faster it can get. Um, we'll we'll see. This week might not be the best barometer. Just again, defending the triple option, things are going to be played a lot differently than in some of the other games. But uh, I I don't know that it felt faster. But I thought the linebackers did a really good job, especially Jordan Glasgow. Seemed to be everywhere. I thought some of the players looked faster. I thought Devin Gill particularly looked faster. So. Jordan Walker at Har- Harbaugh with Dubai. I can never say it. Uh, what do you think is the reason between, behind Michigan not playing very many freshmen? Uh, I thought they played quite a few, just not necessarily. I mean, they, they got a lot of them got the run on special teams. It's the same thing as like last year. But, I mean, they played Daxton Hill, DJ Turner, Chris Hinton, uh, Eric All. Mm, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head here. Obviously, Charbonnet. Giles Jackson. So yeah, maybe it wasn't like a ton, but they, they played some, I, I, I feel like they just kind of wanted to see what they could get working in a lot of ways. Cornelius Johnson failed to mention him. Mike Sainer still, they played, they played a pretty decent amount. I don't think that they need to do like they did in 2016 and just play like the entire team, <laughs> you know, the entire class rather. Uh, will Runyon be back against army or does Hayes get the start? Uh, based off of what Harbaugh said on Monday, it kind of sounds like he, uh, was, he was pretty optimistic. He will be. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Hayes based off of some of Harbaugh's comments ended up being in at right tackle, uh, if over Jalen Mayfield, just because Hayes had such a great game, it's kind of hard to say, Hey man, you're going to be a backup and Jalen Mayfield's not, you know, he's going to be a starter. Um, no offense to Jalen, but I mean, just Ryan Hayes had an, an astounding game. It was eye opening. 
Uh, also, is Hayes as good as the zero pressures he allowed, or was that more to do with the talent gap? No, I think it was. I mean, he went up against the star pass rusher who had, I think, like eight sacks, seven and a half sacks last year for Middle Tennessee. And I, he was in the right place at the right time most of the time. And, you know, I think one of the great things that you saw was when he changed the perception, Michigan got a touchdown. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, Jordan continues. Also, Charbonneau's blitz pickup was insanely good. Yes, that's in reason for insane optimism. Tyler Smeenge at Tyler underscore Smeenge. Have you ever been hit by a ball or a player or some something else while on the sideline? Yes. Uh, not during a game, but well, maybe once. Yeah, I think I got bonked on the head with a field goal in a game. I did get hit with a pass, errant pass on the sideline before a game. I believe it was in 2016. Uh, I think it was against before the Colorado game. I was too busy paying attention to Harbaugh and Tom Brady playing catch. Had my camera hit me right in the chest. I just pretended like nothing happened. I've almost gotten run over multiple times. It's once uh, in 2016 against UCF, Mo Hurst barely got out of the way before he barreled into the sideline. That was terrifying. I've been, I've had some many, many close calls. And, you know, it's hard to tell when you have a lens pressed to your face how fast those guys are moving towards you. Uh, but uh, some of these times, it's like I've had to jump out of my way the last possible second, but I've never thankfully gotten injured. Uh, or embarrassed been close and the one where I got hit in the chest with the ball could have been embarrassing but I just acted like it didn't happen but it hurt <laughs> it really hurt uh, Jimmy Whitner to close out segment one he'll close out all three segments at Jimmy Whitner one of all the freshmen who you were most impressed with not playing back uh, who were you most impressed with not playing running back um, I would probably because a lot of them were special teams and or late in the game so I would probably have to go with Giles Jackson I mean he looked electric Looked absolutely electric out there. Had uh, three returns for 76 yards. Had a 34 long. I mean, really looked good. Looked like he could, you know, reversed field really well. I, I Part of it might just be not having the scouting on him, but I mean, he I think he embodied everything you were hoping for. So I, I was really impressed with him. Uh, no one else really had a huge, huge contribution. Cornelius Johnson with the catch and a half, but uh, he made a great catch, the first one for sure. Uh, but uh, otherwise, I don't think there's really uh, much to write home about yet. Uh, all right. I don't have my live read up ahead of me because for some reason, Word deleted it. Uh, so that's uh, that's always good. That's always a fun thing. But uh, here we go. Kind of. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, sorry. NFL season begins this week which means Crossover Wednesday will be back next week. For the entire regular NFL season, you will get a special episode every Wednesday as the host from Opposing Sides meet up to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcast and be sure not to miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
All right, super screwed on time. Gonna get yelled at, but we're gonna. I'm gonna answer every one of these questions, so don't don't fear that I'm gonna cut this out. Started with our over unders given to us by Clint Derringer. Clint underscore Derringer. Week two over under against Army starting on offense. Shea Patterson TD passes three and a half. I'll go under. I'll say three. Uh, Army has a good defense. Uh, and I think they'll get some rushing touchdowns. So actually, I'll say two. Let's say two. Uh, Dylan McCaffrey TD rushes uh, set at point five. I'm going to go under just because I just feel like, you know, you got one last week. Let's I'll probably alternate a little bit more. Zach Charbonnet yards per rush, 9.9. Um, I'll go under, but just because I think that uh, Army will really try to hone in on him when he's in. I know he was at 11 this last week. But uh, I don't think that's gonna. Me- I mean, that's that's a lofty number, man. <laughs> You're not gonna keep up 11 a game. But I think he'll maybe get more carries and have a uh, have but and have less because Army, I think, will just really try to corral him. Defense, Army punts six and a half. I'm definitely gonna go on the under. Um, I I I mean, they could have over. I I don't know. I wish I could push that one, but I'm gonna say under. I'll say five. Turnovers forced two and a half. Under because I think they you know they run the ball. They're not going to pass the ball that much, so you're going to have to force a fumble probably to get a turnover. And uh, defensive line tackles for loss, seven and a half. Uh, I'll go with the uh, over because I think they'll be in the backfield quite a bit, and it's just a matter of if they can get the guy, and that's going to be the the point, not to let Army get three yards per carry. So more over-unders from two more people, Jay Ritchie at Mish 99 this week versus Army over-under. On Michigan pass drops at 2.5, I will go with the under. I think that they'll have cleaned that up. And didn't it surprise you how many we dropped last week? It did. But first game, first game jitters. Guys trying to do too much. I felt in the end, I know like Shea only passed the ball seven times in the second half. Or Michigan passed the ball seven times in the second half. I, I felt like eventually he was just trying to do too much. Guys will will settle in, won't try to do too much. Especially on the offense, as they get acclimated. Uh, my good friend John Leopold at Blasty Trooper. That's uh, if you see, I'm sure you've all seen him around in the uh, in the uh, Stormtrooper outfit. How much of a difference maker is punter Will Hart? Army starting field position inside their own 10 yard line over under 2.5, assuming he has at least three punts all game. Um, I will go over. Cause Michigan obviously did really well uh, doing that, punting the ball. Uh, and uh, pinning inside, and he's a huge difference maker. I mean, it's remember back at at 2016 Ohio State game MVP for Michigan was probably Kenny Allen, his amazing punting. Will Hart has just been lights out for l- last year. Incredible, huge difference maker. Ash underscore Detroit or Ash Detroit rather at under uh, at Ash underscore Mustafa rather. What's up with Mustafa Muhammad? Is he really fourth on the depth chart? Well, looks that way as of right now. Uh, made his debut, but we didn't really see him much. Uh, we also saw Luke Shoemaker and uh, Eric All late in the game. But, I mean, you've got those two weapons as it is. It kind of doesn't matter who's beneath Nick Eubanks and Sean McCune at this juncture because those guys are absolutely electric. Doug Hayes at Coach Hayes underscore MHS. What is – this is – the next several, we've got a lot of similar questions. So I'm going to read all of these, and then I'll go back and start answering them. Uh, what is DPJ status for this week? U of M times clips times bolts at U of M clips bolts. Is Shea an NFL caliber QB? If yes, what round slash pick? Will DPJ be back for week four? Why aren't we running under center full back dives on the goal line? 
Hale slash Victors at John Janderson 37. Why not use Ben Mason on short yardage fourth and goal from the one? He's a beast. Dre underscore fame at Dreadhead fame. Will Donovan Peoples-Jones play Saturday? And why is Dax Hill not starting? All right, let's go through all of these. Uh, What's up? Let's see. What is Donovan Peoples-Jones' status for this week? Uh, Harbaugh was optimistic that he would be back. Uh, so there is that. Um, I would imagine he would be back, but if they don't, I mean, that if, if he feels banged up at all, obviously you want to get him in. I could see him being limited, but I don't think they're going to rush him back either. I know he's still hampered by injury in general, but uh, I, I would imagine he, he would be back either this week or week four. Um, they're going to need him come week four against Wisconsin, obviously. Is Shea an NFL caliber quarterback? I think he is. I think right now he would be, I think he needs to play his way up. I think he can be as high as a second round pick. I mean, he could be higher than that, but I I, I think his height, he's about my height, about 6'1-ish, 6'2-ish. Uh, I, I think that, uh, I, but then again, you look at Kyler Murray's 5'9", right? Generously, probably like 5'7". Uh, but he has to have like an incredible year. And uh, I think he can play his way into the first round. I think right now he'd be a fifth-round type guy. Uh, then you get the, why aren't we under center fullback, you know, running fullback dives on the goal line? Why not use Ben Mason on short, uh, short yardage fourth and goal from the one? Well, that's uh, because Ben Mason does not play offense anymore. Come fall camp, strictly defense. And uh, they kind of have a fullback still. I mean, they don't really have a fullback position anymore. But they have a fullback in Ben Van Sumeren, as in a guy who played that position, and they gave him the ball twice on those fourth and ones. So uh, I think that that's kind of the trade-off. And, hey, the, the offensive line, that's the one thing that they didn't do on, the, on that one fourth and one, get that push. They need to do that. You're an all-Big Ten offensive line, get enough push, open up a hole, get a guy in there. You just need it for a split, split second. Uh, and uh, why is Daxton Hill not starting? Well, uh, I did answer that earlier. But uh, yeah, he's he's got some, you know, got a lot of things on his plate. Got some time, gonna get him acclimated on special teams. He looks pretty good there so far, so that's where you go with that. Jimmy Whitner at Jimmy Whitner one to close out segment two. What do you need to see Saturday that would make you say that we have improved? Uh, not turning the ball over and not giving up uh, any more than seventeen points. Just looking a little bit more fluid, not dropping the ball either. Really, that's it. I mean, it's, it's again, it's a hard game to gauge. Outscoring Army by 20-plus points would also be good, but I'm not going to say that if they don't, that that isn't a sign of improvement. Despite what Army showed last week, they are a good team. They might have just wanted to go vanilla knowing that they had to play Michigan this week. You know? So... All right, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Well, your company can be mentioned right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcasts. Our demographic is 98% male and has more education and earns more than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsored this here podcast? Email me at ihole at usatoday.com. A ton of questions and a lot of good ones here in segment three. Uh, got about seven minutes to get through it. I think we can do that, hopefully. Uh, so let's see. Let's just go right into it. Dean Johnson at Dino J23. What is speed and space? And will I know when I see it? Well, if you didn't see it on uh, 
Saturday, then no, you won't know when you see it. But speed and space is uh, what Michigan did on offense, getting their playmakers into positive positions where they can get the ball in space. And some of that means getting guys in either one-on-one situations or in situations like that Sean McCune would uh, touchdown, that's big speed and space, got the ball with room to run, obviously had to go through two defenders, but was able to do that, get the touchdown. One-on-one situations for Nico Collins in the end zone. The, the most perfect example is the Tariq Black touchdown in which they they ran something of a pick route between uh, Collins and uh, and Tariq Black, I think it was. And that's why Tariq had no defender on him. He's just sitting there waiting in the end zone. Speed and space. Michigan's also got uh, lots of different options that they run with that. You saw some of those triple option looks that they had. You're going to see more of that going forward, I would imagine. Dan Bellinger at the Dan Bellinger. How much second half offense output in week one was shutting down the play calling? How much do you expect to see uh, this uh, throttling down versus Army? Uh, I think part of it was that because obviously, like I said, they only threw the ball seven times in the second half. Um, I think it was just a lot of tinkering, right, in general. See what works that, you know, they didn't need to throw the ball. As You know, you look at the, the Woody Hayes quote that I love to throw out there all the time. You throw the ball, three things can happen, and two of them are bad. Especially with some of the ball security stuff that was going on. I know those were fumbles, not throws. But at that point, yeah, might as well just run the ball. I mean, they were doing effective doing that. They were effective doing that, so might as well. Um, I would imagine it will ramp up a little bit more, especially if the game's in question at all. Uh, but uh, they want to try to save some of it for Wisconsin. Don't don't want to show all your cards to Wisconsin. I mean, you got Wisconsin then Iowa, so that's all right. Wisconsin then Rutgers then Iowa, I think. Okay. Ray at Ray underscore underscore Ray Lewis rather R A E Lewis. If uh, Michigan beats Ohio State, do you think they will? Go on to win the Big Ten. Does that automatically mean Michigan makes the Final Four college football playoff and get to the championship game? I think if Michigan beats Ohio State, that they will, because I think that that will. I think there's challenges along the way, but yes, I think that that uh, that would bode well for them. Uh, usually, last couple of years, well, not in 2017, but 2016, uh, and in uh, 20 uh, 2018, that game determined the Big Ten champion. We're not the well 2016. It didn't, but for Michigan, it would have gotten them, you know, in. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, I don't know if Michigan has a loss, and there's four undefeated teams, might not get them into the championship game. And then it depends on who that loss is to. That was uh, that was the, one of the big questions last year. Would Michigan, if they had beaten Ohio State and everything, would they be in? Haven't had a Big Ten representative in the last couple of years in the college football playoff, so a little hard to predict. Chris, at Chrissy Baller, what percent of snaps should Charbonnet take? I think you want to get him similarly acclimated. He had eight carries. I don't know how many snaps overall. I'd have to go back and rewatch. But about, I'd say about 40%, 45%. But, you know, you want to keep, they're doing, accurately doing the running back by committee thing. Because, I mean, you've got all kinds of guys that can make all kinds of plays. You don't want to, just because one guy at the running back position where it's better to keep guys fresh just because one guy is, is balling out doesn't mean that he's always should be the only person that gets the ball. Uh, 
are you talking UM football to me at I am a number guy? Who was your player of the game from Saturday? I'll give it to Char- uh, Charbonnet. Um, close behind would be both uh, Ambry Thomas and Ryan Hayes. So I don't think that needs much explanation. Soap at Soper underscore Greg. Excited by the new offense. And even with mistakes they made, seemed fi- easily fixable. But do you see them using a two-back set for short yardage against these tougher teams the rest of the season? Still think Mason could be of some use on offense. Well, he's not practicing there, so no there, but I could see Ven Van Sumeren and maybe, you know, Charbonnet, you know, them being in together or, you know, or one of those guys and any of the others. I could see it, but I don't know how much 22 personnel they have or 21 personnel. I think for the most part, you're seeing 11 or 12. I have no idea. I can guess. And even the most ardent insider is not going to have any scheme knowledge in that regard, right? So, friend of the show here, Eric Coughlin, formerly of uh, of the Wolverines Lounge, at Eric Coughlin1, if Shea has pull ribs, should he sit versus Army? Up to the doctors, man. Um, if he has pulled ribs, and there's not much you can do about a rib injury. I've had, I've had them from playing... Uh, Flag football with some of my friends. My friend Craig, a little violent. One week he hit my friend Jordan so hard. Next week he did the same thing to me, and I had a, I had a rib injury. I think they were broken. Hurt for about six weeks. Nothing you can do about a rib injury. It just hurts. just sucks. Jay Ritchie, at jmish99, looking back on how we wasted opportunities when he brought Peppers in at QB and he never threw a pass. How confident should we be that things will be different and varied under Gaddis when we have two QBs on the field? Uh, pretty different. Pe- Peppers had a pass in his arsenal. He just never used it. And yes, I think, I mean, Dylan even flat out said it. They have to defend the, the du- dual pass. Flat out said it. That's telling you that's probably going to happen at some point. Uh, they might not show it right away, but I could imagine that that's going to be a thing in a big game situation where they're going to pull out something like that. I, I mean, we've already seen Gaddis kind of be imaginative more so than what we've seen a Michigan offense look like in history. So yeah, I think it will work. Brian, I don't know how to say this, but Poway at Logan 1999 in regards to Zach Charbonnet's recruitment. He jumped up significantly. I never heard any chatter about other teams pursuing him. What do you know about it? Honestly, I don't. I'm sure there were, but he was so solid to Michigan. Uh, what I do know is that his, uh, his stepfather is from Ohio. I want to say Findlay, I believe. And uh, grew up a giant Michigan fan. So there you go. <laughs> it was probably Michigan. It was pretty much Michigan all the way. Liquid chocolate at liquid chocolate two. Why not start Dylan McCaffrey over Shea? I don't see the difference in their games, but do see a difference in the energy they bring. How many times have you seen Dylan McCaffrey throw a pass? And how many passes has he completed? Shea's like a 62%, 63% passer since he's arrived at Michigan. Dylan is like sub 60 uh, Harbaugh said after the game that uh, the thing about uh, Shea is that he has a better understanding of protections and what he's seeing in a defense. Yeah, a lot of different energy when Dylan comes in, but that doesn't mean he's better yet. Do I think Dylan could have a much better career once everything is said and done? I'm not saying that. Shea is still the better option. He has a better grasp of everything overall. So I don't I don't understand but whatever. Ryan Van Adder, we've got two more here. Actions to inspire. 
Mailbag question, more of an observation than a question, but am I the only person who feels that Urban, as an Urban Myers, ruined uh, Big Ten Network and Fox pregame? He continues to refuse to acknowledge Michigan by name, and any chance he gets, he takes a passive-aggressive shot at them. How can an analyst not refer to a team that they're supposed to cover all year? It's really pissing me off. Over-under times, Urban says the word Michigan on Fox plus one. Uh, I'll take the under there. Um, I I obviously don't get to watch that, but uh, I, I did see a little bit of the clip from you know week zero, and everything he said there, it, it, some of it, yeah, maybe a little passive aggressive, but he wasn't wrong in anything he said. I think he actually has really good analysis, but it, I, I like don't understand like how he can be a part of it considering he's like st- part of the Ohio State faculty. He's still like kind of part of the team, not in official capacity. It's a conflict of interest in my eyes. I don't understand why it's allowed. Finishing outs and overtime for sure, but whatever. Jimmy Whitner at Jimmy Whitner one. What position group still has the most to prove in your opinion? And I actually did answer the one that I uh, had to say earlier, which is the defensive line. Uh, and that's uh, that's not because they didn't perform well. I thought they performed adequately uh, in week one, but uh, the Blue Raiders got the ball out so fast. I, I just don't think we got to see what they're going to be able to do against the bulk of the schedule. Uh, this week might not tell us much more either, but uh, I'll be able to have an answer on the defensive line come the Wisconsin game. That's for sure. All right, for the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. Find me online at Isaiah Hole. Follow the podcast at I'm Wolverines, Wolverines Wear, Wolverines Wear. If you'd like to be a feature sponsor on the show, email me at ihole at usatoday.com. Almost said you, Mish. That's uh, what you used to have. Find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcast, or online at wolverineswire.usatoday.com, where we post our daily podcast every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.